You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to 3AM, where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Elmer. What's the scariest thing that you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3AM is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experiences, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where that jar at? <laughs> what it is. What it, what it is, yo. What's good? Let's pull out that jar, that ASMR jar. We ask a question and we discuss it. No rules, no format. Today's question is, what conspiracy theories do you believe are legit? Oh, no. <laughs> Good Lord. All of them. We're not going to get to our stories today. <laughs> yeah, we're about to out ourselves. Uh, I'll just say Flat Earth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're leave, the one who's like leave. scared of learning about Flat Earth, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jordan and Sean are always like, dude, let's watch the Flat Earth documentary on YouTube or uh, Netflix. And I'm like, uh, I'm not trying to believe it. And I feel like I might if I watch it long enough. So I watched it. Oh, no. I watched they- it by myself one day a few weeks ago. How was it? Trash. <laughs> Don't okay. they disprove themselves in the... Like over and over, yeah. Not only do they disprove themselves... But they're just like trying to gas themselves up the whole time. They're like, you know, people people just discredit us immediately and they don't give us a chance. And they say that over and over again and they don't give any evidence it's like, at bro, all the whole time. They just talk about how they're the underdogs. It's like, well, yeah. <sighs> this is your chance. This, this is, is your chance. chance. Like, tell us. And you're telling me nothing. Yeah, they they don't like really give any evidence. Well, I I know why, because there is none. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing too is it's a documentary, and documentaries you can easily sway people to what you already are trying to portray, right? And so if you can't even do that in like your own produced, edited thing, like you know, yeah, you're you're in for some trouble. Why doesn't one of them just strap a GoPro to a freaking hot air balloon and like send it up? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Anything that has to do with cameras they always resort to the there's camera distortion answer. Uh, yeah. Well, there's going to be an answer for anything. So there's no, there's nothing you could tell them. It's like they want, they want to believe what they believe and there's nothing you could tell them otherwise. Sounds yeah. like everyone else in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Legit conspiracy theory. I do not believe. Dude, this is, 
we're gonna lose all of our fun. <laughs> Honestly, we might gain more from this. Oh, true. Eddie, cares, Eddie Bravo, dude. boy, let's get into it. Oh uh, my gosh! Shout out at Tenth uh, Planet. I don't think we have footage of the moon landing. So, do I'm, you you believe we've actually been to the moon? I believe it's highly possible, highly likely. I also or it's it's po- completely possible, but I don't think what they've shown us of that mission is accurate it was definitely directed by a stanley kubrick like i i i believe that 100 percent. this is the older i've gotten it just makes so much more sense <laughs> like the older you get you're like they were just the u.s government was just fooling everyone in the 70s no one knew knows what the moon looks like on the ground you know what i mean they were like, like let's just make it up that footage <laughs> like probably a basic question but why haven't we been back with all the advancements we've been making there's more technology in our iphones than the entire shuttle so i've been told we have been back since then to the moon oh yeah like but we have, man it's been man, like since man. like the 80s probably humans i'm pretty sure that wasn't the last we need to look we that went. shit up there's, i could be wrong i could be wrong there's really nothing there to go back for <laughs> yeah like do you I see think, the video of that it's like i've been to arizona why would i go back <laughs> <laughs> that's true maybe the last uh shuttles were just for like space stations so maybe that was the last moon landing um actually and it looks like the last time the last time that there were people on the moon allegedly was 1972 so it's it's been a while so i haven't been back also i think a lot of that was a flex for um the cold war too just to be like so well, you made it there first yeah i think it was more of a political thing too when was the first one 1969 oh nice do you know Did how you- i know that Ren Stevens from Even Stevens sang a song. <laughs> uh, conspiracies. I have like 20, so you guys should jump in anytime. Big Pharma and the cure for cancer. Ooh, interesting. Oh, I think and, we have the cure for and cancer. And AIDS. Yeah, I definitely, oh. I definitely oh. think we've had the cure for cancer and how, AIDS How about you just so go ask long. Magic Johnson? Well, the cure for AIDS, <laughs> I think it's already been out. Like, think about like, you hear about people talk about New York and how there's set like sub like sections where this had so many aids you know like everyone had eight so many aids goodness i sound so oh, they had all the aids they had all the aids um and now you just don't hear about people dying of AIDS. like no one dies of hiv now hmm. well people who have money don't die of HIV. <laughs> uh what are your thoughts on jfk the assassination it was, it's not <laughs> what the government's telling us i think we the I think we kill. Well, we like the government. Lyndon B. Johnson was in on JFK's assassination. Damn, bro. Okay. At the very most, we took him out. At the very least, they're not telling us everything. Fair oh, enough. Oh, and, yeah. and governments, it's like they don't tell. Well, there's no like incentive to tell the public everything that goes on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have more power if you uh, don't show all your cards. Bush did nine eleven. Oh gosh, nine eleven is. That's an interesting one. That's me too. If if you're passionately speaking about it, you can convince me. I'm like, oh shit, you yeah, know, maybe. Because <laughs> like they show like evidence for it, and you're like, like it was. I mean, know, it's right the there. The way it blew up doesn't seem like a jet plane. fuel doesn't <laughs> melt steel beams. What's the jet fuel thing that they always say? Jet fuel can't melt steel beams, steel beams or something like that. Or like Roswell, New Mexico cover up. What about aliens? Yeah. Do you guys believe in the like a gray alien? Do you know that definition, the gray alien? Mm-hmm. For those who don't know what a what the term gray alien 
and also keep in mind this is from my knowledge so watch out uh but it's like (laughs) the stereotypical like three foot high super big head no nose big oval black eyes the emoji (laughs) yeah that's like the gray alien do you guys believe in gray aliens i i'm like i'm like weirdly of the opinion where i just try to be open about everything so that like i'm not wrong maybe it's like a personal like narcissistic thing i don't know where you know what i mean you just don't want to be definitive well yeah i just think it's foolish to be definitive me too like think about anything anyone ever believed like a hundred years ago false or like super unhealthy or you know things like that and then even us like 10 years ago we're finding out things that we were doing were just absurd and you know yeah i feel you that's but it's definitely like this that's kind of how i am too it's like i believe it but i'm open to being proven wrong because i'm sure i will be what's the main rule in star trek don't wear a red shirt exactly don't watch are you serious no. yeah it is <laughs> no, though, dude. is it oh i have no idea those guys oh. always die yeah, yeah. red shirts always die that's all i know i don't know star trek super well but their whole thing is they can't communicate with civilizations who haven't discovered how to travel at the speed of light yet oh Why? Yeah, yeah okay yeah is that like a rule that they all abide by uh, yeah that's like a universal rule so it's like when your world or civilization has discovered how to do that then everyone else appears. <laughs> They're all filthy s- speed of sound peasants. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, really hard those tribes in the Amazon who have no idea that there's like oh, yeah. the technology we have, right? Until we th- flew drones over them. And they're like, what? The- what is that? <laughs> Yo, there was that dude out at that island by India. Sen- Sentinelese Islands? S- the, yes. Sentinel. Sentinel Islands. Sentinel Island. And... A Christian missionary <laughs> tried to go and convert everyone Fool. against the advice of everyone. <laughs> Wait, I, I, I missed this. When did this happen? So this is uh, an island that's protected by... This year. It happened this year. Oh, wow. There's an island that's protected by, I think, the Indian government okay. um, because they're an ancient tribe and they don't have technology, their culture, language, everything, traditions are still pure and they don't really have any knowledge about the outside world. So they're just kind of preserving them. There's almost like no contact. That's super cool that they're doing that, especially because like the history of bigger governments just Mm -hmm. decimating. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's awesome. That's way cool. But there was an American, uh, and he was a Christian and he wanted to go and bring the gospel to them. Okay. Well, and he, uh, and around this island, far enough where the natives can't see them, there's people patrolling, like the government's patrolling, to make oh, sure people don't go. wild. So you yeah. can't just like, oh, you that, can't that just makes go. sense, because you know you would try to go visit. Like, yeah. I would try to go visit them. Yeah. <laughs> so dinosaurs are there or something. This Christian missionary, and he's about our age, mid-20s, he got past the security patrol. That's impressive. Impressive. God's hand. <laughs> he died. God's, God's plan. hand. God's hand Dude, once again. I, I, if I'm right, some fishermen like went by the island and they just saw his ass full of arrows and they were just like, they put him out on the beach and they're like, yeah, this dude. Arrows. And when he started coming to the beach, they were throwing spears at him and he had the Bible up and he was like, I'll be safe. Yeah. Bro, do you realize how many, how mistranslated that thing is? <laughs> oh, it's conspiracies. No. <laughs> 
That's wild. I did not realize that. That's hilarious. Also, are they like patrolling? You know, I mean, I imagine they're patrolling in a way where the people can't see them. Yeah, I don't know. They're just like, what's that jet boat out there? Yeah. <laughs> they're all just pretending they actually know, but they're just living the better life of everyone else right pay, now. They don't want to pay taxes. Like, I got no taxes. I don't have to <laughs> worry about my credit. I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. There's like a couple hundred of them on the island, and that's it. They whip out their iPhone under their loincloth. <laughs> that's what I do. I'd throw an iPhone and be like, check this out. <laughs> Crazy. Should we roll? Yeah. Second segment of our show, we roll our 20-sided die, and the one with the lowest number goes first. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. Uh and it be a little lighter on the wallet, uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That's not how we did it last time. That's not how we did it last time. <laughs> the one with the highest number goes the first. the honor of going first. <laughs> I, just, I just listened to it. Positive reinforcement. I see this. Nine. I'm 16. What genre? Three. <laughs> All right. So this story that I have is from my father, actually. Yes. Ooh. And this is one that I've never told to you guys. Ooh. But I feel like there's not a lot of those left. There's not. <laughs> there's not. So relish. So this is precious. Shut the hell up and listen. Okay. Uh, my father's best friend, childhood best friend, uh, committed suicide when they were in high school. Hmm. And he hung himself. Um, super tragic. Uh, both their families were really close. Um, he ended up hanging himself in the shower. Oh, yeah. But every so often when he would go and visit or even the family would say the shower would just turn on automatically all on its own. Um, that's one short. That's all there is to it. Uh, two, there was a woman in his village and uh, for all of you out there, my father grew up on the island of Tonga. It's on the southwest Pacific. Um, the kingdom of Tonga. The kingdom of Tonga. There was a woman in his village 
who got hit and run over by a car um, when he was a child. This happened when everyone was coming home from school. Um, and she got hit in the middle of an intersection. I don't know if she was she wasn't supposed to be there, or if it was the car's fault, or um, whatnot. She just got hit. She died. Um, but apparently, she still walks across that intersection um, throughout different times of the day. And you know, my father was a child at this time, so he would just take the long way home walk, walking Dang. home go <laughs> smart <laughs> also during the day like she's haunting children during the daylight hours that's ta- that's that's the scariest thing ever yeah so she is <laughs> nothing safe she would appear in the middle of the road or there were counts of people driving through the intersection oh and they would see her sitting in the back seat Hell. okay <laughs> Dude, uh, that's a tr- that's honestly a trigger for me. Like, that's one of the scariest scenarios. Um, do you mind if I go into it? Sure. sure. <clears throat> so, if you've seen spoiler alert on Hereditary, but there is like a really pivotal scene that takes place where the brothers driving and the sisters in the back, right? And uh, that has scarred me, dude. So when I'm driving late at night, I will just feel something in the rearview mirror. And I do not look because I'm like, something's there, dude. I look. <laughs> I do the same thing, but I check my backseat all well, the time. I check, I check before I get in the car, but I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I could just feel the rear view mirror like looking at me and I'm like, oh, damn, if I look, there's going to be like a ghostly figure of a hit woman in the backseat. There's a story back home in Hawaii on the island of Maui. And if you've ever been there, it's probably the most touristy island. I would say. So most likely you've been there. <laughs> that makes sense. That's where I had gone first. Yeah. Um, Hello. And there's a famous road that everyone drives called the Road to Hana. And I've been there once as a child and it sucked. I hated it. Which is <laughs> so sick. long. I thought it was so boring. Um, and I probably just I didn't care about any of that. Why when, is it when I was like a, kid. a popular place? It's just really beautiful, and it's like the. Is it along the beach or like? It's uh, it's on like a cliffside, but most of it, yeah, most of it's on the cliffs. It's Mm -hmm. like the backside of the island. Mm. I got sick and threw up. No surprise there. Yeah, so uh, the road to Hana super long takes a couple of hours to complete it. Um, it's not that far. It's not that like long, but it just takes. But it's super windy, Mm. so you're going back and forth on this cliffside, um, for an hour or two. And the Hawaiian goddess of fire, her name is Pele. Oh. Um, she lives in the fire. She lives in uh, the volcanoes. Um, and she creates life. And she's also death and destruction at the same time. Um, she takes a lot of different forms. And one of them is an old lady. With white hair. White dress. Mm. And... She stands on the side of the road, uh, on the road to Hana. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to pick her up and give her a ride. If you see this old if white, you see this old lady in a white dress with white hair. Okay. You're supposed to pick her up and give her a ride. If you pick her up and give her a ride, she'll make small talk, really sweet, really nice. 
And then you'll see in your rear view mirror a glow. And from her hand, she sparks a fire. She lights her cigarette. Oh. And, and there's a flash and she disappears. And that's it. If you don't pick her up, you run off the side of the road at some point and drive off the cliff into the ocean. <clears throat> Damn. And there's been a ton of people who have driven off that cliff and died. But that's the legend of the road to Hana. That's crazy. I had no idea. I neither. Shoot, I hope. No, nah, maybe we picked her up. <laughs> Probably, dude. <laughs> I'm what, still here. So. Was that all the story in... Um, there was no more about like... Uh, it's because we interrupted you with like the lady sitting in the back. No, that was it with the lady in the intersection. Actually, there is one more story. Um, uh, just short stories uh, from him growing up. But uh, they... So my my father's family owned... Uh, they lived on a farm. And they had one section of the farm that was about half an acre. And that was their excess produce and whatever was grown there anybody could take Mm. but they told everyone in their village you know this is like on a needs basis you know if you need the food then take it like Mm. we want you to be fed that's cool and that's the that's the tongan way i live with tongans forever and it's like dude your clothes your food if they, if you need it, take it. If you need it, come and take it. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. mine is yours. What's yours is mine. Mm-hmm. Very open door policy. Literally. They didn't have doors. <laughs> <laughs> At least when I went and visited when I was 12, like people would just come in. It's like, who are you? Like, I don't know. Just, everyone's just hanging out. Everyone's just family there. That's um, dope, dude. Yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, they had this section of land that was available to anyone who needed it uh, or who needed the food. And at that time, they were growing watermelons. So, uh, it got to the point where people started taking more than what they needed. Hmm. And they were stealing. So, my grandfather had to patrol. And one night, my father decided to patrol with him. And they had a horse. So, he would just sit on the horse and do laps around that that lot at night. Um and he just make sure people wouldn't come and take. Uh, but my father was riding with him on the same horse. And I think he's about 10, 8, 9, 10 years old. And he remembers all of a sudden a chill runs up his spine. And the horse stops. And he turns around, looks behind him, up at his father. And his father, my grandpa, is just muttering like a prayer uh, in Tongan. And my dad turns back around and looks at the ground. Oh, gosh. And he sees that there's a head on the ground. Just head, no body. A human head? A human head. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And apparently my grandfather was, was praying and my dad closed his eyes to do the same. And when they opened their eyes, it wasn't there anymore. But I remember he told me that story when I was a kid. I don't know if it was just to scare me, but he told me that story again, like a few years ago. 
So same details same details dude that's always like a a tell where it's like they tell you like 10 years later but it's exactly the same you're like yeah. okay <laughs> yeah so that's something that's always stuck in my mind is like Whoa. don't grow no watermelons bro dude when a when a horse gets spooked i'm trusting it oh animals <laughs> oh yeah. yeah like they're like dogs when they just start whimpering and running away it's like, okay uh, wait for me yeah. <laughs> yeah or when they start like barking into darkness <laughs> yeah like an empty a dark hall and they're just like <laughs> the cat staring in the corner yeah <laughs> just throw an arrow at that corner terrifying uh so we, they have senses that we don't <laughs> i mean they, they can hear and see and taste and smell but theirs are heightened obviously mm. you know dogs can hear frequencies that humans can't mm-hmm. um and and i think we're more prone to doubt ours and they just react yeah, yeah. Ours they're are so, dulled by society. Theirs are still close to primal. So they're yeah, they're not like they don't have rhetoric like we do. <laughs> um, at least in those situations. One more Hawaiian legend. Um, can, wait, can I ask? So your your grandpa your, is Tongan. Yeah, and he owned a horse. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Shout out my Samoas, boy! <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Just kidding. For all you out there, uh, horse is a Tongan cuisine. <laughs> I had horse when I lived in Australia. Yeah, dude. I like. I went to a Tongan feed, so it was just mad Tongans, and they were like, "Uh, they're like, hey, uh, go and eat," and I'm like, okay. So I was eating, and I was like, "What is this?" And they're like, "It's pig." <laughs> I, I held up this thing. I was like, okay, and I start eating it, and I'm looking at this pig, and it's like dark ass meat super dark <laughs> and i'm eating it and i'm, I'm with and you're like this is good stuff you like that damn dark this meat. is good bro <laughs> i was like chomping on these ribs and then i was with my i was with a maori dude and he like whispers to me he's like hey that's not pig and i was like what and he's like look at the ribs how many pigs you know with ribs that big <laughs> and i look and it's like a three inch big rib and i was like damn. i was like that's so yeah <laughs> and then i asked so i was like hey is this horse and they all just laughed but uh the horse is damn good so yeah dude uh, when i was four i remember my dad showed me a picture of my horse in tonga he's like this horse is yours i was like oh cool he said when we go to tonga you'll get to see it and we got to tonga eight years later <laughs> and i'm like yo where's my horse at <laughs> gonna go get gallivanting dude <laughs> like a galloping. Go, gonna ride till i can't no more yeah um <laughs> oh damn and uh he was like oh yeah they cooked it for your uncle's wedding <laughs> so i was like cool so cool story w- hansel wasn't my horse <laughs> yeah just uh show me a picture and yeah but um yeah so that lot um my last thing hawaiian legend is with dogs uh if you get their mucus and you rub it on your eyes oh no (laughs) why your dog's mucus yes when you get dog's mucus rub it on your eyes you see what they see which includes spirits oh shit that's kind of dope um can that be scientifically proven is it like it can be tested by you, our listener. <laughs> Yo, if you're out there, you got a, do- a mucusy pug or something. Hit us up in the Slab DM. Up them eye holes, bro. Let us know. Is it like mucus or just saliva? Because like, do you have to find a dog with like a cold or yeah, you know what like, I mean? Like, it has to be snotty. Oh, or is it just any? That's what we were told growing up. The mm-hmm. pigeon term for mucus is hanabadas. 
Hanabaras. You know when like little kids are like just naked, just in their diaper, and like they're like licking their their yep. It's not coming down from their nose. We had a friend who did that up until about uh, 18. So, (laughs) yeah. And I was like, you need to grow up. (laughs) You need to grow up. (laughs) You need to grow up a while ago. (laughs) But yeah, that's uh, that's the myth. That's the legend. (laughs) I think I might just not see like them. (laughs) I'm just going to grab some and rub it on my iPhone lens camera. And then we'll we'll live stream. How about that? So, like, one of the scariest animals, or for me personally, some of the scariest creatures are, like, birds. Like, you think of owls. Owls are terrifying. Owls are terrifying. Just how huge their talons are. and People say that. And I've seen videos of, like, flocks of birds just chasing people. But I think that's, like, the funniest thing. <laughs> Oh, it, yes. It's but hilarious. When it's happening terrifying. to someone else. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't happened to me, so we'll see. But yes. Like there if are a people big, who are terrified of birds. Yeah. Like if a big eagle came drop down on you, you can't. What are you, you going to do? Get Just, wrecked, right? It has um, a knife on its face. <laughs> and its feet. Like it gets multiple knives yeah. everywhere. Um, but um, I was like walking. like a Mexican kid in my high school. <laughs> freaking Alberto, dude. I was walking through campus earlier today, and um, this, as I'm going across, this crow, also, also crows are bigger than small house cats. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, this thing's just hopping towards me sideways. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, there's people around me, like I'm walking through the middle of campus, and I'm just like, why am I the only one experiencing this? Like there's people just sitting around and I'm just Hell hopping nah. towards me. And so I pick up my pace a little bit and it just keeps going past me. And it's, it like hops. It just, it doesn't fly to the other side of the park or the, um, the kind of square area. It just hopped across for like 50 feet coming directly at me. So I picked up my pace got out of there but one, i was like legitimately like a little you know like when your your um your adrenaline gets up a little bit i was like ready to kick a raven dude i was terrified and they're smart so you know he was trying to bait me and then his friends were in the trees behind he had me like or something. 50 ravens just posted <laughs> like, hey take that one but it was i was like this is not <laughs> happening they're like that's a small human let's get him that's wild uh sorry i want to interject one more time my grandfather grew up in pittsburgh and there was this your howly grandpa i thought yeah Ponga. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, this is the other grandpa he grew up in pittsburgh and he remembers when he was a child sitting in his living room and watching all the birds on his tree outside start flying at him into the window <laughs> what oh like like dying killing themselves like sinister or insidious i've never seen that but sure i I imagine or conjuring any any possessed situation yes what what were they doing they would fly into the window kill themselves and they'd find their dead bodies at the bottom of the window and have to clean them up he's just sitting there and they're just like how how old was he a child it was like as early as he could remember (laughs) but turns out it was just a they had a cherry tree and it was out of season and it would get fermented. So the birds would just get drunk (laughs) (laughs) and fly, fly into the window and kill themselves. So I hate when there's like really logical and like plausible explanations for things. I'm like, God, you're right. That makes sense. (laughs) Like, dang it. (laughs) 
That's what they want us to believe, though. <laughs> yeah, the Ravens are getting drunk. Huh? Yeah, who told you that? Some dude's just like, these cherries, they're Four, the cause. Four-year-old Grandpa Ed. <laughs> yes. He's like, those cherries must be fermented. It's like, you're <laughs> fermented, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get out of here, old man. My dad grew up in Boston for a large part of his life. Mm. And he lived near a ton of marshes and swamps. And my dad, much like me, was a latchkey kid. So um, one time he was out. He would play in these swamps all the time. And there were, I can't remember this. There was just a ton of things that was kind of like, he'd go catch frogs and just, you know, he'd be out in these swamps. And he came home one time and he's walking up the path to his house. And there's this rope lying across the path. And he's like, what? Like, my mom, it didn't look like her garden hose. So he's like, what the heck? And it was just this big black rope across the path. Mm-mm. And he's like five, six. <laughs> so he was like, this is weird. So he walked up to the rope and picked it up. Oh, and his his mom comes outside and goes, David, put that down. And he looks down. And it's a huge, long snake. Black snake. <laughs> And he threw it and ran. He was like, what the? Gosh damn it, Dave. Like, thinking it's a rope? Yeah. Why is it slithering? (laughs) On one of our uh, scouting trips, the week-long hiking, uh, one of the kids forgot to bring extra pairs of socks. So (laughs) he only had his one pair of socks. That's so gross. Freaking dumbass. What we would do is we'd... Yeah, he'd like hang them up at night to dry them out. Um, And... We uh, would grab them and pick somebody to stuff it into their mouth. Oh! And we called this we called the sock the black mamba. <laughs> this is black tube sock. <laughs> what? Wait, <laughs> I couldn't do that. You would voluntarily put it in your own no, mouth if no, you were chosen. No, other, other kids oh. who were sleeping. So that like, was the prank. Oh, uh, I thought you guys were like taking turns. Being like, I thought it was just like it is me. <laughs> I am the one. Oh no, it's my turn to do it tonight. <laughs> you guys got some feet fetishes going on. Dude, there would have been there would have been hell to pay if I was touched, dude. Feet? No, thank you. If I got woken up with nasty socks in my mouth, I'd probably murder the first person I could find. Um my story is about um the Waverly Sanatorium. So it's actually considered one of the most haunted places in the world for some reason, or at least in the United States. Where is it? It's in southwestern Kentucky. So it used to be a hospital for people with, um, oh gosh, it's, it's, a, it's a T. Not, uh, tuberculosis. That is it. That's what it is. Yeah, so it was a hospital for just people with tuberculosis. But reports, they don't, they don't know exactly how many people died, but they, le- they believe at least 60,000 people died in the sanatorium. And That's so, a lot. <laughs> That's a Jay Z concert. Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild, dog. Um, yeah, so South started back in southwestern Kentucky, um, back in ni- around 1910. So it's for I think originally it was for like people who had tuberculosis. I think it was a bigger deal in the early 1900s, and in the U.S. or whatever. But yeah, I think later on it was turned into different types of hospitals or whatever. It's pretty collectively in like the paranormal investigative community or whatever is like one of the most haunted places in the world it's a hot spot yeah people always have like crazy experiences it's huge it's a big hospital 
it's creepy looking too. Just kind of the um, the older looking buildings. It looks very um, oh. kind of Italian in the way that it's been like constructed. If that makes sense, it's architecture. I don't know what the like Versailles type style. I don't know what the official style is called. But basically, um, my grandfather's brother, the paranormal investigator dude, researcher dude. Um, him and his uh, friend Ryan were doing some stuff out there, and they were up at one of the higher floors, and they said that the basement was so super sketchy. And so what would happen is when someone would die, they'd put these people in the chutes, and they'd just shoot the dead bodies like all the way down to the basement. So just like a Sweeney Todd type? <laughs> oh my gosh. Just it, like a... a the worst slide you've ever been on in your life. It's like when you think about the eighties or nineties and like wall street and they're shooting like documents to like other places in the building. It's like the, you know what I mean? Like the tube, the tubes. Yeah. I uh, imagine that for bodies. They had a cadaver tube. I, th- I mean, I mean it probably didn't suck them up, but it was just like, they do. <laughs> anyone on the other end, <laughs> anyone on the receiving end, like, I don't know, uh, taking care of the bodies. Um, or is it just like, I mean, I imagine there's hopefully someone that just sounds like something. A, it just sounds like a porter potty to me. Oh, like just drop it off. Oh, so they would just when someone died, they just chuck them in this trash. Basic chute. is what it seemed like. Is what it seems like. And so yeah, so it wasn't just that sixty thousand people died there, approximately. It was just the way that they died, or just like any asylum, right? Just the way they're treated. Um, wasn't the best conditions or whatever. My uncle and his friend were up at the third floor and they were just doing their regular paranormal investigating. They'll have an audio to record any audio that they're getting. They'll be filming as well. He said rarely do they get good footage, but they usually can get some pretty good stuff for audio. So they're just kind of sitting there. And then he said his friend Ryan gets like a bad feeling. And this is one of those things he tells him later, but at the time he'd gotten this kind of creepy feeling. And then, um, my uh, my grandpa's brother, I call him my great uncle for ease. My great uncle also says he he kind of had like a weird feeling, and it was later on. And all of a sudden, they hear um, they hear like a noise, or like a voice calling for a nurse. <laughs> and it's I mean it's just them. It's just them in the in the room. At least at what they know, you know, they don't think there's anyone around them. So they hear a voice calling for the nurse, and then all of a sudden. Out of one of the rooms, they're looking at a hallway, and it's just like a, just picture your your stereotypical 1960s, 50s, 40s type of, I, I they're all the same, um, that like era of like hospital, right, where it's mm-hmm. like, not like lime green, but it's like greenish, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's just very open, and then you have your doors on the side, very, yeah, very simple structure. And um, out of one of the rooms is this orb that's like um, an oval about five feet high and just kind of comes out of the room. Oh my gosh. And then it, they see it just go from one room to the next room to the next room to the next room, just kind of down the hall. Um, he said it was probably about a, sp- a span of t- 20 to 30 seconds to maybe, maybe a minute. He's like, I'm not totally sure on the time, but it was moving pretty quickly, but it was almost like a nurse was like checking up in the room, right? Mm. Moving it's making its way up the hallway towards, towards, room, towards yeah, them through each oh room gosh. towards them. And so 
it's eventually coming towards them once it gets out of because they're at like a hallway where the doors kind of open into that that section of the hospital so they're not next to a room necessarily they're a little bit further away from the room and so it's coming towards them and the ryan kid he's like we gotta go (laughs) and so they're getting ready to leave and all of a sudden they hear a pop and it vanishes but no yeah it was crazy and um Basically, they're looking at the audio, or sorry, looking at the audio. They're listening to the audio afterwards, and they hear heels, like on like tile. And, you know, I don't know what they were wearing, but I don't think they were wearing heels. <laughs> so, he said that was super creepy, and like, he's, he said it was cool. He didn't seem to get creeped out by things. It seemed like his, his like assistant or dude or partner, Ryan, would get creeped out, and he would just be kind of like, oh yeah, I guess we should go. <laughs> Sometimes when you're with someone, and they're freaking out, it calms the other person. Does that make sense? Oh, when yeah. I'm with someone and they start freaking out, for some reason, it like calms me because I need to be the calm one. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm I'm the same way. So like, if I'm with you guys, I'm always going to be the most scared. But if we have some random person along, or usually if... And they're freaking out? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> or if there's like somebody I'm trying to impress, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not scared. I uh, was remembering a story that when Jordan started talking about like getting a feeling... And I was talking to a girl the other day, and she told me a story. So, for the purpose of this story, we'll change her name, Sarah M. or S. Morrison. What's her real name? Um, <laughs> what the f- Is that her name? <laughs> no, it's not her name. We're going to call her Sarah Morrison <laughs> because third. that's her name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you have to give her a first and last wait, name? Wait, wait, wait. That's not her name, by the way. Okay, so Sarah. Just call her Sarah. Okay, so I'm talking to her. She, I asked her, okay, what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? Is that a first date and you're just asking poor girls this? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, I am. I'll just message them on like dating apps. What's the scariest story? That is? And if they don't reply, I don't talk to them ever again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, if they don't reply, of course, but. So... <laughs> <laughs> So she's telling me this story, though. She was meeting up with this guy from Tinder. And they meet up at this place. He says, oh, shoot, I forgot my wallet. It's back in my apartment. Um, Do you want to just ride with me back to my place? We'll grab it. And then then we'll come back. And she tells me at that point, she's like, I got this feeling that I shouldn't go. Hell yeah. Yeah, you did. And I was like, I mean, that's probably a good call. It's, there's some serious red flags popping up right now. But she went. <clears throat> she did not go. Oh, <laughs> I was kind of hoping she did. Um, <laughs> but cheeks all the thing is, the thing is, he never texted her back. Like, he never messaged her again after So that. she was just like, mm, nah, She's like, no, well, we can do something again later. Mm-hmm. And they split up at that point, never messages her again. Now, hypothetically, he could have just been super embarrassed and didn't message her back. There is another scenario where something else might have happened. I've but it was that, that feeling that she got that was like, don't yeah. do it. Yeah. I've like heard stories from like friends who are girls who like have been in situations like that where the dude's just trying to coerce them into coming home so abruptly and like so it's like, dude, just be normal, go on a good date, have a good time. She gonna come over. <laughs> like that's all you gotta do. <laughs> I don't know where I heard this rule. Could be from a podcast. Or some movie, but I've always, I it just like when you're saying that, I someone said 
never go to the second location. Does that make sense? Hmm. Like the backup? Or like, so you meet up with someone, you you decide to meet here, and then they're like, okay, let's go here. And I don't know. I can't remember where that Mm. rule's from, but it's like, don't go wherever they're (laughs) saying to go away from. That sounds like a rule of thumb that's probably has like, yeah. Like, did that to me all I feel time. like it was associated with like clubbing and stuff. So like <laughs> if you're going out and they're like, Hey, now we're going to head over to my friend Ricky's house by the river. It's like, no, don't go there. <laughs> he lives in a van. Uh, I have a story from a friend somewhat similar. Uh, her name is Allison and real name or this her alias. <laughs> this is her real name. Oh, shout out Allison. Shout out Allison. Uh, she, and we've shared in previous podcasts before that we served as missionaries, uh, Mormon missionaries. And this was during her mission. She was in Guatemala. If you have any questions about like Mormons and Mormon missionaries, just go watch South Park. It'll answer everything. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Uh, so she's in Guatemala and you always have what's called a companion and you go two by two. And basically your whole purpose is to help people, whether it's by service or teaching them about, you know, our beliefs. Um, and sometimes they do what's called street contacting. Basically, you're just trying to strike up conversations with anyone. Yeah. Just yeah. like, hey. Getting to know them. And uh, if they show interest, you offer, you know, this is what we do. If you'd like to learn more, we'd love to meet with you again. And while they're street contacting, this really friendly guy comes by. He's like, I've seen you guys. Like, who are you? They explain that they're the Mormon missionaries. And um, they're just talking. And she has a pretty good feeling about this guy. And um, he's like, yeah, um, I live here. Um, Come over and, I don't know, answer some of my questions. Uh, And they're like, yeah, we'd love to come over and, and teach you sometime. Um, so he writes down his address, gives it to them. She puts it inside her little daily planner and, uh, she forgets about it. Uh, later that night they go home and they have uh, missionaries. A lot of times do evaluations. Uh, at the end of the day, they just talk about how the day went. Um, and they're reviewing the different people that they met. And then she opens her planner and she's like, Oh yeah. We talked to this one dude. Um, let's, we have his information here. Let's uh, plan a time to, you know, meet up with him again. And uh, she opens up the note to read it. And it's his address, quote unquote. And the address is the address right next door to them. <laughs> Not only that. But they had no next door neighbors and nobody lived there. It was empty. So he like knew where they lived. Yes. He knew where they lived and gave them their address. Oh. Or at least the one for right next door to where they live. But. That is terrifying. So scary. (laughs) What if he's just trolling? He's just like, oh, I'm going to get these Mormons. Whether it's trolling (laughs) or not, like from their perspective, it's just predatory. Oh, that's terrible. And it's so scary. That dynamic, yes. It's cat and mouse. It's, I know where you are and I'm showing you. Mm -hmm. 
That's terrifying. That was the last of it, though. The Nothing crazy else thing, happened. The, there I wasn't would... a physical address next door, even like the fact that he like made up an address next door to them is crazy. And they knew they had no neighbors, like nobody lived there. Oh, and it was they an were built. Okay, yeah. I was thinking it was like fifty five eleven, and they were like fifty five twelve, same street. And you're like, there's not a, there's not even a building here. Like that's what I thought. It, it was, was an apartment complex. Sorry, I should have said that. But yeah, next door. Oh, and they knew no one was <laughs> yeah, living. Nobody. In that's lived. even creepier. An yeah. apartment and, complex. And their home. Evaluating this. And next door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would start crying. I would be. I would run to the door and lock it. If I hadn't already, he's already in the house with oh, you. God. So you just locked yourself in because he went home from the market early. Dude, he's been waiting for them. He was probably l- sitting in their closet watching. Good God, Lord. Being a girl would be so fucking. I'm already terrified enough as an undersized male. Like I can't imagine being a woman. So there was missionary girl missionaries in my mission, mm. and they were street contacting. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, let's go talk to those two gentlemen." And they walk up and like, hi, we're sisters for the church of, and they look down and the guy is dealing the other dude drugs. He's handing him drugs and the guy's handing him money back. And they're like, right. oh, um, sorry, we'll just leave you. They turn around there and the guy's like, uh-uh, come back. And they're like, oh, sorry, we didn't mean to enter. And he's like, what'd you see? We, we didn't see anything. I don't. I don't, uh, we got to go. And they like try to get away. And the guy's like, what'd you see? And he starts following them. But they were like other people around. So the guy stopped and they left. But when they get home, they're going into their apartment and they see him pull up in a car and park outside. And they're like standing in their doorway. Why'd you go straight Obviously home? in their home. So they had to move. <laughs> I have a story. It's kind of switching gears in my hometown. Like I mentioned previous. I would always go do every folklore I heard of. And so this is about one of those times where I was exploring folklore. So near my hometown, there is a graveyard way out in the orchards. It's like 30 minutes from my home. You take old farm roads out to this orchard. And there's this grave at this graveyard that's famous. It's called Fly's Grave. So it's a big rock a big rectangular rock and the only words on it are f l y and it's at the very back of a grave of this graveyard and they say that it glows in the moonlight what is this the entrance to the mines of moria (laughs) you're supposed to speak friend no um so what you do There's different versions of the story, but I'm going to tell you the one that resonated with me the most. Fly's grave, what you're supposed to do is you stand at the gate of the graveyard. And if you're standing at the gate, if you walk straight back for like half a mile, you'll eventually come to Fly's grave. And you see it in the light, you touch it, and you turn around, and you walk straight out of the graveyard. And you do this alone. Where no matter what you hear or see or feel, you do not turn around. So that's the that's the urban legend. That's what you do. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go do it. <laughs> of course. And uh, 
I've gone to this place several times and I have different experiences here, there. When Sean came to visit Visalia and I was like, dude, I got to show you all the sites, the homeless encampment. I got to show you uh, <laughs> the thriving homeless 115 degree weather. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, when Sean came to visit Visalia, I was like, dude, let's go out here. And he was obviously down. So we went with our friend Kale and we didn't do it alone because we are not brave. So we all end up just going together we walked straight back i think we held hands as we walked back <laughs> no that, i don't remember that dog that doesn't no. sound like me bro what are you talking about yeah yeah me either but we walk back in relative silence we get to fly's grave we all stare at it and it is just a rectangular rock with the word or with letters f l y etched into the no front. there's no date it's nothing just is on there. it's wild yeah and it does kind of glow in the moonlight because you can see it like from far off you're oh. like what the f-? so we touch it all of us touch it and we turn around and we start walking out and we're about halfway out and i'm like okay this is fine and all of a sudden we hear boom 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 these like really low booms coming from the orchard behind us and all of a sudden <laughs> and then start shuffling faster until all of us are running you heard four simultaneous whistles so what you're supposed to do or what you're supposed to do is not look back not react get in your car and when you turn your car on you'll see a light in your rear view mirror and that light is from the motorcycle of the guy who crashed and died and that's who's buried at fly's grave hmm. so that's the, that's the legend me i decided to go out there one night with two of my sisters and one of my friends who was also a girl so we drive to fly's grave and we park out at the entrance of the graveyard i turn my truck off so we're sitting there in darkness and as we're sitting there we're all looking at the graveyard and we're like uh i don't i don't really know i'm not feeling it I don't really want to get out. And my, my sisters were pretty scared and they were like, yeah, I'm not getting out. So I was like, well, I just drove us here. Like, <laughs> is anyone going to do this? And they're like, nah. So I was like, oh, fine, whatever. So I turned my car back on and I turn the key and the headlights come on and there is a huge black dog going three feet in front of my truck. It's big. And I was like, whoa. And like my sister screamed and the dog's walking across the front of my car and it just looks in at us and its eyes are shining, you know, from like the luminescent dog thing. And I was like, what the, so I flashed my brights a couple times and it takes off into the orchard. And I was like, dude, we could have been outside with this huge black dog, no collar. And we would have been, you know, we would have been just in this graveyard with this dog. And we're driving home, and I'm like, we just saw a Grim. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Same, the Grim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I was going to say, have you had your tea leaves read recently? Yeah. <laughs> and my sister, who hasn't read Harry Potter, was like, what's that? And I was like, dude, we just saw a legitimate Grim. And she's like, what is that? I was like, it's an omen of death. Yeah. We're all going to die in 24 hours. And so I go home and she's not, she's like, oh, I don't she's all Hermione Granger. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, it's Leviosa. No. <laughs> so I go home and I start Googling Grimm and what Grimm's are, are big spectral black dogs that guard graveyards and they have shining 
red eyes and they usually disappear in flashes of light you flashed your brights dude i was tripping i was like it fits (laughs) (laughs) isn't it is it scottish or welsh folklore okay 92% Scottish. 92% Scottish. I'm I'm saying it's Scottish. Okay. That's how sure I am. It's it makes sense. But yeah, dude, I was waiting to die and that was 15 years ago, so Oh, dude, you chill. Either escaped or his 24 hours is different than ours. So Oh, well, that's a that could be it. Damn. I heard 24 hours in dog years is like 16 years in human. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> 24 hours in Tokyo. Is the Grim supposed to be like the Grim Reaper's pet? Is that what it's supposed to be? Or are they they connected at all? I've never heard them connected, but it's interesting. Yeah, so who knows? I mean, even if it's not a haunted dog, big dog in darkness, I'm not trying to mess around. Haunted or not, yeah, I'm not trying to deal with a dog, especially if it's aggressive. No, thank you. Or black at night? Is it? Are you trying to fight same... something I can't see? <laughs> <laughs> That's when it growls at you. There's teeth. Um, is it like the same rules as like black cats? You know. Well, you it crossed like... my path, so <laughs> you should be dead by now. Yeah, I'm screwed. So, if you have any ideas on how to close this podcast, let us know. Email us at three a.m. podcast stories at gmail.com we're out here struggling with how to end this podcast now thank you for coming thank you for being here bye bye Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us.